From the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide you with some really good information so you can make some really good plans and some really good uh, decisions about real estate. Um, and uh, this way, like you wouldn't go into a football game without a game plan. Don't do that in real estate either. And um, you, you wouldn't have a football team, a good one anyway, without an inspector, somebody to look over the the team, make sure everything's operating right. And same thing with a real estate transaction. So today we have Rich Christofferson here in the studio. Rich owns RCIS Home Inspections. Good morning. Good morning, Don. So we're going to learn a lot about the anatomy of a home. So uh, we'll be getting into that. And we also have here in the studio Luis Rosales of Realty Concepts. Good, good, good morning. Good morning, Don. How are you? Good. And uh, Luis likes to specialize with luxury homes, although that's not all you do, is yeah, no. it? Yeah. Yeah, anything from, um, you know, 100,000 first-time home buyers, second, um, and luxury, obviously, yeah. You just like to help people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, although luxury homes, we'll get into that because that's a little, there's some different nuances to that, and uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, I got to preface this with saying one of the very best classes educational seminars that I ever went to at the Fresno Association of Realtors was many years ago and it was called the anatomy of a home and it brought up things that I never even thought of so many of our listeners may not have thought of it either but for example the metal flashing up on a roof who would ever think that that too has a lifespan uh, or, or the valleys have a lifespan they can wear out so that, that was a, a great, I'll call it an eye-opener. So anyway, let's get into the anatomy of a home and, and a home inspection. What, what is a home inspection, Rich? Well, thank you, Don. A home inspection is an overview or an uh, uninvasive um, inspection of the property itself and the, and the home itself. And what that means is we look at the surface of everything and give our professional opinion based on the general condition of the home at that time. So unevasive, you don't take things apart. To exactly, we don't we don't dismantle things to 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 describe things in that manner to inspect them. We look at the the items as a whole and can tell their general condition based upon that. So let's say you flip a light switch on rather than take it apart, um, and, and a home buyer might think, well, heck, I could do that too. But there's things you you can tell, right? Absolutely, yeah. We can tell by the response time of that light switch if there's any flickering, any shorts in that switch, and also we'll test the outlets too to see if those wires are connected properly behind the the lights, the light, the outlet cover. So we can tell if the wires are grounded or wired incorrectly. How about a spongy light switch? Is that a red flag? It can be. It, it definitely can be. Light switches are very inexpensive, so there should be a simple process of clicking up and down with no hesitation whatsoever. So if there's any question whatsoever in that, in that area, we'll definitely recommend replacement or updating. How long does a general 
home inspection take, let's say, on a 2,000-square-foot home? Uh, usually the base for that is around two hours. It can take up to three hours depending on the findings, the age of the home, and the, the general layout of the home. Um, but preference generally is around two hours, to so to speak. Okay. And, and um, not just your company, but what's a, a general price range for, for home inspections? A good, a good home inspection at that, at that square footage is typically around $300 a good base start price. Okay, so if you're gonna spend $300,000 on a home, spending $300 to find out what it's, the, the nuances of it is, is very inexpensive and something you really ought to do. Luis, I mean, as a realtor, do you, is it, what's the realtor's role in convincing the buyer that they really ought to do a home inspection yeah i think you should always um, 100% do a home inspection because from the outside uh pictures never do justice or as you're walking in uh you never get the you, you don't see what's behind the bones of the property and you know besides a home inspection you, also, you should also get a pest inspection too and i know, I know rich um has everyone aligned in that time as well too so to accommodate uh, the sellers as well and, um, you know, a lot of times sellers will pay for these repairs as well. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. There you go. They don't have to, but it's something the buyer can request yeah, and yeah. negotiate. Yep. Now, here's a good one for you. So, uh, and not only should you get a home inspection, home inspection done, but it should be done by a third party. So I had somebody one time many years ago say, oh, well, my uncle's a general contractor. So they got the uncle out there. He looked at a few things, but he spent an awful lot of time saying, oh yeah, and if you put the big screen TV here and and the couch and, and then little Billy's, this could be his room. Okay, didn't really do the job of a home inspector and sure enough, there were things missed. Sure. So um, you probably wouldn't know the client that well to tell him which bedroom little Billy should get. <laughs> so. Correct. That's correct. It's important during the home inspection process to stay focused mm -hmm. and stay on the task at hand. And we have a time frame to do this. And there's routines that we get in the in the comfort zone of doing. And there's checks and balances. If there's too much conversation um, outside of the home inspection, it can hinder that process. I've seen that. Yeah. Do you like it when the cl the buyer is there? Absolutely. I recommend that the buyer attend the uh, latter part of the inspection to do a complete walkthrough of my findings. So instead of them just receiving a, a written report, they actually hear it coming from the horse's mouth of mm -hmm. what we actually saw. So that written report, how many pages is it typically? Typically, um, when it's said and done with everything all together, it's probably uh, conservatively 35 pages, full color pictures with a um, summary in the back of the more important items. And I think that's why it's important for a buyer to be there. I'll bet you're going to agree with me, Luis. How many buyers actually will sit and read those when, after it's all said and done? But if they're there, they're going to understand it. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely a small amount. But, yeah, I think it's excellent um, being there uh, during the home inspection because we walk through every single item in the report. And, you know, we'll know which ones are important, which ones are worth asking for because – you know, a lot of these uh, fixes are, you know, five bucks, three bucks, and uh, you don't want to uh, ruin the deal over, you know, something small that we could get done right there and then, too. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a good point. It, and um, 
is that something that a home inspector will do is explain the the fix also yes on a certain certain um, examples of findings yes some will will recommend a further evaluation by a professional in that specific classification or we will give um, uh, friendly advice on the the, the minor things uh, that we're discussing okay so um, your inspection is a lot like a general physical at the doctor that you're the doctor and you may the house doctor so you may recommend a, a heart specialist or a heating specialist so to speak that's that's very yeah. well put don that's exactly right and um that's very common in our industry also too is to is to refer to our other, other professionals outside of our outside of our business themselves okay so a home buyer shouldn't be upset if it's like oh my gosh what did i pay this guy for he told me to go get a, a pool inspector and a heating inspector well it's probably because you found a red flag that's exactly right we found a red flag and we have limitations within our, our in our inspection and it's our professional opinion to seek further evaluation to protect their investment okay Let, let's talk about red flags what um what does that mean to a buyer a red flag is something that we feel that the buyer obviously has to be made aware of, but it's something that can bring on an additional s concern for safety for the, the family household or also um, safety for the transaction, a financial burden. Mm -hmm. All right. And I, as a realtor, Luis, you also have to walk through the home and look for red flags. Yeah, yeah we do the best we can. Um, Obviously, we, that's why, you know, home inspectors, you know, help us out with analyzing, you know, which ones are most important. Anywhere from like an attic firewall that, that was knocked down, uh, the pool, or, and then we have, you know, certain vendors that we always recommend. Okay, so we'll take it from here. Here's a pool specialist or uh, AC inspector to, uh, you know, check out that leak that's up there, uh, a roof inspector, and, you know, there's really specialties for you know as you dig deeper in, into into the house mm -hmm. all right um where do you usually start at the roof uh, at the top and work your way down or do you work your way in uh, my inspection initially starts when i pull up to the front of the house i look at the outline of the house to see any obvious defects and that is like what you're saying the roof line if we can see any sagging in the roof line and then it starts from that moment on for the next two hours of of just physical examination of the property itself. How about roof types? You know, I've heard that tile roofs are, are lifetime, and yet they still need maintenance, don't they? Absolutely, everything does. And that's, well, that's one of the great points that you bring up about maintenance. Um, we'll talk about that a lot throughout this uh, broadcast. Um, you know, we do everything we can to get into this house, but we don't realize, just like ourselves, we need upkeep and maintenance. Um, Tile roofs have, are made of a material that lasts longer than our typical composite shingle, but they do also leak as well too. Um, it's just maintenance, keeping debris off the roof, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. So. Or you find uh, sometimes that you know there's a couple of cracked tiles there that you never even knew, too, and you know could cause a leak down the line too. One thing I've noticed about a tile tile roof, so they see they're more expensive to put on, obviously, but um, Sometimes the repair is very minimal. It's just one slip tile and put it back, seal it, and you fixed it. Um, I had a 
big, huge leak in a tile roof before on one of my rentals. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this thing's going to cost me a ton. It was 75 bucks to, for the, the trip charge, you know, but he put the, the one slip tile back in place. It, it was a skip sheeted roof, roof um, and meaning it, it rained directly into the closet <laughs> with, with that. All right, so um, do you check all plumbing, um, electrical, appliances i do uh, everything that's made available to me at the time of inspection mm -hmm. um so I, an ideal situation would be an, a vacant home so everything's completely made available to you versus a house that's occupied with things have limitations so we do we do open cabinets we operate all faucets um, shower fixtures um, things of that nature so you bring out a good point uh, a vacant home, everything's accessible to you. So if you're a seller and your home's going to be inspected, and of course as a seller you want the sale to go through, um, what can a seller do to make things accessible for the home inspector? That's a great point, Don. Um, a seller um, with their real estate professional that they're working with can work hand in hand and be informed of what areas need to be readily made available to us? The plumbing underneath the sinks, remove personal belongings away from the plumbing, attic accesses and closets, removing personal belongings so we can access that freely. Um, windows, pull couches away from walls so we can test things behind them, making sure water heaters are accessible. And also removing the red flags like the liquid plumber under the sink. <laughs> if you see that, then you think, oh, I'll bet they've had a clog before. <laughs> Absolutely. The bowl of water sitting underneath your plumbing underneath the sink. Yeah, that's not, yeah. we don't want to see that. That's not a tip I should have given to our listeners. But <laughs> with that, we're going to go to our first commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio with us, we have Luis Rosales of Realty Concepts, a realtor extraordinaire. Yeah, you, you owe me for that one now. <laughs> and also Rich Christofferson of RCIS Home Inspections, Home Inspector Extraordinaire, right? Thank you very much. Now you owe me now too. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, Luis, you... It was kind of impressive when I heard this story that you told me about how you got to go to France, yeah, country yeah. of France, to speak at a real estate conference. Now, okay, I, I got asked to go to Madeira one time, yeah. <laughs> and here you are going yeah. to France, and yeah. you're half my age. So, all right, so how did this happen? Yeah, I, I, honestly, it felt surreal. I mean, just... Uh, you know, coming from Fresno and, you know, all of a sudden you're in France and you're like, what the heck am I doing here? <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah, it started as an email uh, about two months ago. And uh, previously I used to work in La Jolla, uh, San Diego, uh, working under top two teams. And they would always get invited to speak um, at these events, you know, Europe or L.A. or New York. Uh, long story short, they needed someone from California. And uh, at first I thought it was spam, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, we get so many emails and uh, you know i i did my research and 
um, they said, yes, send us your sales, send us your bio, send us, you know, everything you're about and see if you're a good fit. Um, and then a week later, I, you know, they said, yeah, um, come on board. Uh, you know, we, you know, you're going to be part of a panel discussions, um, someone from Switzerland, Spain, uh, France, and, uh, someone from New York and myself. And it was just a discussion of what we feel in the global market, the luxury market, um, whether it's like multifamily apartments, um, single family homes. Uh, so I was basically covering San Francisco, San Diego, Fresno as well too. So give us what your take was from the, these areas here mm -hmm. in California. What, yeah. What is it like? Yeah, well, I th it's, it's hard to explain because there's so many, every single city is so different. Um, I would but, sure think so. Yeah, yeah. But I, every single open house that I've been having and, and something I mentioned that a lot of people from San Francisco or the Bay Area, there's always someone uh, San Jose that comes to the open house and, and is thinking about relocating here because it's, it is the one of the last uh, affordable places uh, to live. You know, you could find a really nice three-bedroom, two-bathroom house for 200000 You know, uh, it's everything that's 150 per square feet. And as you go to L.A., you know, you're looking at 800, 800 per square feet, uh, San Francisco, 1,000 per square feet for a little condo. So uh, you get more bang for your buck here. Okay. And that's kind of one of the premises of this show is that real estate is local. It might be cold and snowy in Michigan, but it's warm and sunny here. Well, not today. Mm -hmm. but <laughs> so... All right, so you're just really emphasizing that point that real estate is local, even though San Francisco is only 165 miles away. Mm -hmm. In real estate, it's another world away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we're we're still even though we're you know about two and a half hours um, away from San Francisco, it's a lot of people um, see the the how Fresno has been upcoming here. Um, you know, examples like the high speed rail. You know, whether you know, you feel if it's going to finish or not, um, or the development that's been going on in Clovis too, Madera, Tesoro Viejo, some some more examples of uh, more builders feel um, confident in building uh, nowadays because there's such little inventory. No one really wants to sell. Everyone has a really great interest rate already. And then to buy, I mean, the interest rates are really low right now. Yeah, yeah, rates are great. Mm -hmm. um, and they're 30-year fixed-rate mortgages too which, by the way, is the answer to rent control. You know, the state legislature mm -hmm. tried to pass something to control rents. And really, just buying a home, maybe if they would have put all that effort into in helping to entice buyers to home buyers, first-time home buyers, mm -hmm. to get in, get that 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, they'd have a fixed more house payment for 30 years. And then... 31 years, it's zero. Yeah, yeah. If you manage it right. Yeah. <laughs> so what what did you learn from some of the other countries that were speaking there? Uh, one of the biggest takeaways was that uh, most countries in Europe, that the buyer has to pay for all the commissions, believe it or not. And that's why uh, they kind of, there, there's a process that you go through a notary and then you hire a lawyer to close on the deal there. They usually take about... 30 to 60 days uh, for, for escrow, uh, whereas in here, the seller, you know, pays for both sides, buyer and seller of the commission. That was one of the biggest takeaways. And uh, they also have prices that have been, you know, quite higher, you know, than the, what the market is asking, you know, what the market is willing to pay for, too. 
um, you know, let's say if uh, an apartment there is five hundred thousand, uh, you know, they're asking for six fifty, you know, and uh, there's people, you know, relocating to smaller the outskirts of the main city. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Now, I believe their down payments are quite a bit higher in Europe, also. Yeah, yeah, I believe they were. Uh, they mentioned thirty percent at at the very least yeah. so 30% plus mm -hmm. pay commissions yeah and, and more costs yeah so you can't go into it like here we have the advantage you can do an FHA loan with three and a half percent down you can do a VA loan or a USDA loan for zero percent down so yeah it's I mean it's amazing I mean as long as you know you have um, savings and sometimes you can also nego negotiate uh, for the seller to pay for some of your closing costs. It's not always the case, but um, there's so many more um, advantages of buying here uh, and so many programs that different lenders could give you as well when uh, pre getting pre-approved. Yeah, and I would imagine the home ownership rate is much higher here other than like, now I know mm -hmm. my cousins in Italy, their home has been in their family for hundreds of years. So mm -hmm. it's not like they went out and put 30% down. They just keep inheriting it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one of the best ways just to go about it. Just take care of the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. One of the best ways is just to be born lucky. Yeah. <laughs> or like they say, being, being born on third base. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what city was this in, in France? Uh, this was in uh, Cannes. So uh -huh. um, some may know the city as, you know, where they host the Cannes Film Festival, uh, big, big, huge event. And uh, it was uh, it was right by the coast. They call it the south of France. And uh, a lot of heavy hitters that I met there that I've been thinking about buying over here. And, you know, if they need someone in San Francisco, we have someone that we could always refer them to or San Diego we could refer or L.A. to. Uh, they've shown a lot of interest, you know, and, and, and the confidence in buying in the U.S. in general. So, um, okay, that's Europe. Let's go to another market that you're familiar with, and that's La Jolla, mm -hmm. right, just north of uh, San Diego. What's the market like there, and why did you come back to Fresno? It's a long story. I mean, we probably need two hours for this one. Okay. <laughs> But well, I kind of gave it away when I said come back to Fresno. Ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I mean, I grew up here in Fresno, and um, during uh, 2010, I attended Fresno State just for one year, and then I, you know, you make a lot of friends with the seniors and as you're in college and whatnot, and I noticed a lot of them didn't have, weren't getting jobs. I, I mean, the recession was still lingering, and I, you know, I thought I thought to myself, well, I need to go to a bigger city and, and you know, explore uh, better possibilities, and you know, as soon as I arrived in uh, San Diego, um, I knew one person there, um, and uh, thank God, you know, within the first month, I already started internship with the World Trade Center. Then uh, the USB, uh, US, um, United States Small Business Administration, um, and after that, uh, my first real estate job was in Newport Beach. So it mean a commute, um, 80 miles, uh, three days out of the week from San Diego to Newport. And uh, I was the marketing director at that at that point. And that was a, a year into San Diego, and I always thought, you know, wow, I'm this guy from Fresno. 
you know, and then I'm over here in Newport Beach, you know, just, uh, you know, hard work, you know, really paid off and really studying, you know, instead of partying, I was reading articles and, and just staying really focused on, on the long term of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and then after that, I jumped back to San Diego and went to La Jolla and, uh, you know, had a little family emergency uh, a couple years ago and uh, made me come back to San Diego. So, I mean, family comes first always. Well, it I mean, speaks can to your come character. back to Fresno. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it speaks to your good character, even though you're a character yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, and, you know, it, so many people do come back to Fresno. Mm-hmm. I remember a client who sold their home here mo- and they moved to uh, North Carolina because things were so much cheaper back there. And he showed me pictures of how they had this beautiful home with 20 acres out in the woods and a creek running through it. It was, it, it probably would have been an $800,000 property here. And they bought it for like 250000 And he said, that was just beautiful. Two years later, he called me back and said, you know what, we're moving back to Fresno. I said, why? He goes, I mean, that's so beautiful, all that you have there. Mm-hmm. He goes, because all our friends are in Fresno and our family. So maybe that's one of the big draws here. We, we always thought it was just Yosemite. Yeah, yeah. you, you always uh, could get away for about you know, three, six months, but you know, there's never a place like, family, like home and family. And in case of anything, you know, you're always nearby. Yeah. All right. With that, we got to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have Rich Christofferson of RCIS Home Inspections. I got it figured out. RCIS means Rich Christofferson Inspection Services. That's absolutely correct, Don. Dang. I'm pretty sharp, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Then we also have Luis Rosales of Realty Concepts here. And Luis, you kind of like to... Well, you spoke in Cannes, France recently yes. on luxury homes. So I decided I was going to pull up some stats on luxury homes. Yeah, bring them. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I like your commentary on them. So, you know, there, there's no true definition for a luxury home because it's, it's relative. It's to everybody. I mean, it's all the way from a double wide uh, to a million dollar mansion. But I just picked here locally, Fresno County, 800,000 and up to pull stats. Stats are just numbers, so I picked a number, 800,000. So if you were to go this year, um, the average days on the market for, eight, for homes in Fresno County that are 800,000 and up is uh, 82 days on the market. Keep in mind that for decades, 90 days was normal for all homes. So 82 days for this is still lower than than what the what's normal. However, last year that number was significantly lower for the same time frame, and it was 33 days. So it went from 33 days to 82 days. 
What's your take on that, Luis? Because numbers don't mean a lot unless there's a story to it. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's. I've noticed, um, you know, nine three seven eleven Van Ness area, uh, Copper and the Bluffs, or actually the Bluffs, or and new construction um, all plays a role in this because a buyer could choose where if they want to live north of Herndon and have acreage. Um, the only thing is that there's low inventory um, for what they want because, you know, buyers have the same information that we do and they could tell, you know, I'm not going to pay 800000 if I'm only going if to, if I have a two-story house right behind me or if I don't have a pool too. D- during the summer, I saw a lot of the houses that we, that we seen without pools, they weren't going to, you know, pull the trigger unless the price was, you know, significantly lower. Uh, so a lot of people have just been building, you know, a brand new home in Copper, Gary McDonald, or a new Lennar home as well. I just closed one there uh, a couple months ago, and uh, they're really thrilled with it because, you know, you have the benefits of, uh, you know, a 10-star school district too. So, I mean, actually a school district really plays a huge part. Uh, but I would say the reason why they're, you know, taking a bit longer is because they're pricing higher than what the market is willing to pay for, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, I've seen when people, sellers price their home too high, a lot of it is based on bad information. For example, well, the one down the street, uh, they're asking such and such. So, and my house is better, so I'm going to ask more than that. But that's really not good information because there's no history to an active listing. And by history, I mean if you see something that went on the market, was here was the listing price, and then they negotiated a sold price so that the it was complete. Seller and buyer came together uh, to form fair market value. But just based on an active listing, you don't have that complete transaction. So you may have bad information. Maybe next week that listing is going to lower their price dr- dramatically. So, yeah. yeah no, and I think in hindsight, it, a price is, is you think about it for the sellers, they should think about it as bait for a buyer. You know, um, you, it's just it's just a number. You, you never know if you're going to get that number. If you're going to, you know, I always recommend pricing below the market be, because it brings up a lot more interest and next thing you know you have a bidding war too and then also it has to appraise too because you know if you if you get someone to pay 50 grand above what it should really be and the appraiser calls it out and says hey you know it's only worth not 850 but 800,000 you know is the seller willing to reduce the price or wait for the next buyer and you know because you never know if this is because they say the best, and it is true that the first offer is always usually the best offer, um, because it's it comes down to the appraisal at the end of the mm-hmm. day and what the buyer is willing to pay for. You know, if they absolutely love the house, I've seen it as well too that they're that they'll pay that fifty thousand. It's a rare gem. Uh, it's corner view. You know. Mm-hmm. Here's another interesting statistic. So eight hundred thousand plus. This year, um, a, the average selling price was 995000 Last year, for the same period of time, it was 975000 So the prices are still moving upwards. 
although that's not a lot, um, but it's still an upward trend, even though time on the market is taking more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, real estate's always a safe haven. haven. You know, you, they're always appreciating as well. And sometimes, you know, a seller doesn't, unless they are having a job relocation or s- something that forces them to move, you know, a seller is not going to sell if they don't get their number. And so, and the buyers, sometimes, they, they you know, this is, there are there are some really great homes out there for, you know, once you get it to that caliber, 800,000, 900, 1.5, you know, you, you get all the bells and whistles that you would want. And I think that's why, you know, they feel confident. And, uh, you know, appraisals have been actually been hitting right, right on, too. So mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> I know appraisers are going to disagree with me on this one, but I would think it's a little easier to appraise in this market where you don't have big ups and big downs. It, it, um, it seems to be a little easier, although, like I say, I'm sure I'm going to start getting calls from yeah. appraisers at 10.01 today. <laughs> saying you're crazy yeah <laughs> um this is kind of interesting too so as of this morning when i ran these stats there are 1496 active listings in uh, in fresno county in the fresno multiple listing service there's of the 1496 only 105 of them are above 800,000. And I, I know I've been asked that question before. Is there even such a thing as a million-dollar home in Fresno? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there is. In fact, the highest-priced one is $7.7 million. Uh, I didn't look it up to see what that was. Yeah, but I think it's the, the Clovis house that a lot of people have been using for weddings. Uh, that one's worth that much. Um, and there's also one for uh, 5.5 in Clovis, too. I, I think just... You could buy 50 acres uh, in close. I, I believe, I mean, I, actually, I shouldn't even say who, who the owner is out of privacy. But, uh, uh, yes, Clovis has been, you know, known for buying acres and acres. And you could later on, mm-hmm. you know, d- develop it. Well, I guess you do know your market. If I mention a home, I said I didn't know what it was. And, you know, yeah. you knew which <laughs> one it was. Yeah, thank you. All right. Um, Rich, you do you like doing those kind of houses? Oh, absolutely. Um, as we've been talking about, you know, there's not a huge market for those houses in the area as far as uh, the amount of houses. So anytime we do get that opportunity, we, we jump right on that. Mm-hmm. And they're probably, to command that much money, they're probably pretty clean and, and well-maintained. A large majority of them, yes, they have. Yeah. <laughs> not all of them, though. Huh? Not all of them, don't. Okay. No. Yeah. When we get back from our next commercial break we're going to start talking about winterize how to winter winter time awareness for homeowners and i think that is a very timely subject as it gets colder and colder out there so stay tuned to that final segment of welcome home radio thank you back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Luis Rosales of Realty Concepts here in the uh, studio and also Rich Christofferson of RCIS Home Inspections. Rich, you just got a text message from a listener. Tell us about that. I like this. 
my family member is an appraiser, and he agreed with you, Don, that it is easier at this time of um, the economy to uh, appraise a home with a more balanced um, fluctuation in our economy. A little easier than 2007 when uh, it was hard to tell what was happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's get into um, wintertime awareness for homeowners. You, you wouldn't, if you have a broken window in your car, you probably wouldn't keep it broken over the wintertime because you're, now you're going to ruin your leather inside, uh, all the electronics. So tell us how, what we should be aware of in a home. Well, wintertime is similar to summertime where we spend a majority of our time indoors. In summertime, it's too hot to be outside, so we stay indoors. In wintertime, it's too cold and wet, so we stay indoors. So it's very important to uh, be aware of our surroundings and all of the elements that we live within in our houses. Um, one of the things is I want everybody, as they're sitting at home, to look around in the room that they're in, especially if it's a bedroom or a hallway, and think. look at your smoke detectors. We don't know that smoke detectors, or most of them, have manufactured dates on them, and they last for an average of 10 years and they are supposed to be replaced at that time. So if you're looking around and your smoke detector is a yellowish color and they should be white or it possibly operates under a uh, backup battery that's 9 volt, um, more than likely it's past its 10 years and it needs its time for updating. And one of the things in regards to that is if you update now, the smoke detectors have 10-year batteries in them. So the life of the smoke detector, you'll never have to change that battery or be woke up at 2 in the morning. from. I got a good question. So that 10-year battery in the new smoke detectors, can that be pulled out and used in your remote control? <laughs> no. No, you want to keep you want to keep that battery in your uh, in your smoke detector at all times. Um. Well, I know that, but what and where I'm coming from on that question is as a landlord, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a home for a reinspection. Maybe they've been there a year. I paid all that money for new in, uh, bat, uh, new smoke detectors, CO detectors, and you see them stacked up in the pantry and all the batteries are gone. So, uh, you know. The, I see the same problem, Don. I, I inspect uh, multifamily properties also too, and I do see most of the time those are all been removed and stacked in a closet, like you say. Okay, so go, my question then is these new smoke detectors, can you actually pull the battery out? Yes, ah, you can. All right. Well, I guess those remote controls are going to work for a long time then. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. What about air filters? Um, air, air filters in the house on our return air ducts are a very intricate part of the system. They're designed to remove the particles that are going through the system, and they build up on a filter. So the important part of that is you want to check those once a month and replace them every two to three months depending on usage. So uh, what pe most people don't know is that's the number one way to damage your unit is not replacing a dirty filter. It restricts the airflow that's going into the unit and makes the engine or motor work harder than what it's supposed to. Also, by removing the filter, you're bettering the air quality in your house that you're breathing and living within. So I heard the analogy before that um, with a dirty air filter, it restricts the airflow just like putting your hand over your mouth and your nose. It, it's um, it's going to be tough, 
to breathe. Yeah, there's nothing positive in, in doing that. So you definitely, any filter that you have in your house, whether it be a water filter, air filter, you definitely want to service them on a regular basis to remove the impurities that they're designed to catch. So it came, I came to the realization that the biggest reason for procrastinating on changing an air filter is you don't remember what size to go by. So I'm going to recommend that you put a little note maybe up on the, on the grill saying 20 by 25. And you know who gave me that idea this week? Me. <laughs> it's like I'm ready to change them, and it's like, darn it, I don't remember what size they are. So, and I was at a hardware store and it's like, eh, I better not buy what I think it is. I better go check and make sure. With all of our smart technologies that we have today, any kind of service reminders, I encourage taking a picture on your phone and saving it on your phone and also adding it to your calendar and setting monthly reminders to bug you and constantly remind you. Oh yeah, you mentioned bugs. <laughs> How about bugs in the winter time? Is, is that much of a problem? Bugs, um, bugs can still be a problem. Um, they're looking for places to rest. Um, outside is not comfortable. That's why we are spending most time inside also. Um, so there are still potential always for bugs to, to be uh, infesting within the home during that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you think about it, a home that has heating going on in it, that's got to be the most comfortable place for varmints and humans. Exactly. Varmints definitely are looking for a place to nest and rest and live off us if we're making the conditions accommodating to them. So one of my most favorite stories, and I've told it before here on Welcome Home Radio, is it was a really, really cold winter morning, and I took, had some buyers out looking at homes. And there was a big row of homes, probably about 12 of them right in a row, that have fairly similar roof lines with uh, tile roofs. And the buyer looked and she goes, wow, look at that over there. Every, all the birds are on one roof, not on the others. What do you think that, why is that? And it just came out of me. I said, well, they probably have a broken air vent, a heating vent in the attic and it's warming it up and the birds like that warm roof. They looked at me and uh, since then they've bought three homes from me. <laughs> but, um, what else could it be? I mean, why would all those birds be on one roof? I've seen that on multiple occasions where I've went into an attic and it looks like a pigeon coop inside this attic. And these were these were well-to-do houses and, and, and well-to-do areas. And you're thinking, what is going on here? And that's exactly what happened. They are always testing the perimeter, trying to find a breach or possibly even creating one. Um, sometimes the roof's tiles will slip just with uh, the time of the roof and they'll find their ways in. So that's what's very important about all this is having routine inspections of different sorts here just to, to make sure you're not behind the eight ball on that. I had some people call one time saying, we th the house is, there's critters in here. And um, it was winter time. I went and looked at the house and noticed that they had poked a big hole in the vent screen to run some cable wire. Well, that's how they were getting in. And, and they were just seeking warm a warm spot and somebody opened the door for him. A mouse, a mouse can squeeze through the diameter of a nickel, a typical mouse to get inside at a residence. So it doesn't take much for them to have that availability. Wow. And they do live out there. You just don't want to invite them in your home. Kind of like when you go camping, you know bears live out in the woods. 
just don't invite them into your campground with um, you know easy access and lots of food for them. Absolutely. What about freezing pipes? It, it, freezing pipes are definitely a, a concern in the area. We don't have a lot of below freezing times on average, but uh, weather's unpredictable. So um, what we want to do is is be per, be cautious on this here. It's very inexpensive to go down to your local hardware store and buy pipe insulation and wrap your exterior exposed pipes, whether that be for obviously your uh, water main or any associated plumbing like for your sprinklers. Um, it's, it's just preventative maintenance. Um, worst case scenario, um, you know, we get, uh, we get in some ac inclement weather for the next, you know, few days, it's gonna be below freezing. We, we see a lot of local reports for the farmers and their oranges, but that also affects our homes also too. So a little few dollars spent is a lot of savings down the road. So most of your sprinkler pipe is plastic or PVC. Correct. Um, that, so that should be wrapped. Absolutely, yeah, your, your sprinkler pipes, are all are like what Don said are made of PVC, which are not designed to hold a tremendous amount of pressure like our metal pipes, but but um, but they are also they also can cost you money because we are all on water meters now, and if we're if our water is not allocated to the right areas, we're wasting money. Now here's a big one that I see a lot is debris on the roof, especially in the valleys. Our roofs are designed to repel water. So what that means is mother nature rains on the roof, water splashes on the roof and it goes, to, it follows the grade and then runs off the roof. That's how it's designed. When we have vegetation or buildup on the roof, it starts damming the water and holding the water on the roof longer than what it's intended for. And this is where our leaks come from. I see. So cleaning out gutters is real important too. Cleaning gutters, absolutely. Our gutters are designed to catch that runoff water coming off the roof that's being displaced and channel it away from the home. Um, when our gutters are full, that debris actually adds weight to the gutters and holds more weight than they're intended for and can cause damage to the gutters and not allow them to do what they're served for. All right, what, what's your biggest tip for this time of year to a homeowner? What, what should they do? Biggest tip is um, safety-wise, um, you, you have a fireplace in the house. This is the time of year where we have our candles in the house, we have open flames, we have space heaters operating. You wanna be aware of how these things operate and the safety precautions that needed to be used to use those particular items. Um, chimneys, make sure your chimney's swept. Um, you know, the few days that we're allowed to use the uh, wood-burning fireplaces here in the clean air and in the valley, you have to make sure your chimney's swept on a, on a regular basis to make sure you don't have any carbon buildup, you don't have anything coming back into your home. Service your flues on your, uh, on your uh, wood stoves, your inserts. Um, and and uh, you know, we hit, that, hit on this before about your, uh, your heaters, getting your furnace serviced. Make sure, make sure that it's running in tip-top condition. And So yeah. let's say that costs you 100 bucks to get it serviced but you're gonna have quite a savings in efficiency, right? Absolutely, absolutely, yes. Um, you're, you're, it's maintenance. Home ownership is all about routine maintenance. So having your professionals come in in those specific areas, that minor investment can save you thousands down the road. All right, well, I wanna thank both our guests today, Luis Rosales of Realty Concepts, Rich Christofferson, Home Inspector. Uh, thank you for all the information you shared and thank you to our listeners. Hope you're having a great Thanksgiving weekend, and we'll be back next week. So thank you very much. Thank you.